Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Easiest decision the Bears will ever make in the history of their franchise. Drafting Caleb Williams, trading Justin Fields. Hey, welcome to the show. Maggie Gray, EJ Stewart sitting in yo, for yo. Perloff today. Perloff taking an extra day, hanging with the family. But in Chicago, EJ, major, major decisions are happening. And again, they don't have to overcomplicate this thing. Sometimes just taking the route of least resistance, the path of least resistance, just because it's obvious doesn't make it wrong. The, the Chicago Bears have done a fine job, a fine job in starting to develop Justin Fields. They've done a great job. They've done a fine job. They have done a job where he will be coveted and there will be a trade market that, according to Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, has already started to develop. At the Senior Bowl, you already had teams who were inquiring about Justin Fields. That's going to go up and continue to evolve and continue to happen as we get deeper into the offseason. You have the number one pick. You don't have to make this complicated. Justin Fields is not a slam dunk franchise quarterback yet, which means you've got to go with a hot rookie. You've got to reset this whole thing. See, I don't know. I don't think that that's just the obvious move you have to go to. In fact, I think they should really seriously consider trading this pick because it's simple math. The amount of draft capital, the amount of players you can acquire through a trade for the number one pick yeah. is going to be way bigger than whatever you have for Justin Fields. And I know what Justin Fields' market appears to be coming together. Al Beer saying that uh, several teams at Senior Bowl was calling them, telling them, hey, we're willing to make a move yeah. for Justin Fields. But look, if you look at what Chicago did last season, look at the strides they made after trading out of that one pick and not taking Bryce Young. You saw they were able to get D.J. Moore, who when he was on the field was an absolute stud. Right. They were able to fill out the roster, add players in free agency, and all of a sudden the team that was rudderless last year became one of the best teams in the second half of the season. Why not have a repeat of that? Justin Fields is a player who, when he's been healthy and had has had all his weapons, has shown he can play. Now that you can add another treasure trove of players via draft picks, maybe more veterans, why not add that to what you already have? And if the Justin Fields team doesn't work next year, guess what? You can do the same thing next year. You can go get a quarterback then. Okay, but I can't and you can't convince me you can't tell me that next year's quarterback is going to feature somebody like Caleb Williams at the top let's not make it seem like and again we don't know how these guys are all going to pan out but what is the draft it's basically informed guessing so I'd rather informed guess with a Heisman Trophy winner and somebody who you want to nitpick things about his personality let's go through all these guys let's turn over every stone nobody's the perfect person but give me the guy who can do the Mahomes-like stuff. I already passed on Mahomes right, once about right. the Bears and a lot of other teams. Give me the guy who can do the Mahomes-like stuff. And I don't want to have to say, oh, next year, 
I'm going to be deeper in the hole. I'm going to be more desperate for a quarterback. And I have done some winning, so I don't know if I'm going to be picking in the top 10, right? Justin Fields could be just enough to get you to picking 12, 13, 14. And then I want to start that because I'm going to have to use that acquired draft capital. Instead of picking players, I'm going to have to use it maybe to start to move up to try to get a quarterback that might not be as good as Caleb Williams. Here's the thing. You have draft capital. You're picking first. You're picking ninth. You've got cap space to the tune of the third most of any team in the NFL this offseason. Now's the time. You solidify yourself with Caleb Williams You and you trade away Justin Fields for a second-round pick, late second-round, whatever. I feel like I'm in business. I feel, I feel better about the Bears situation than I probably have in... 25 years? But that number one pick quarterback thing is not the silver bullet we think it is. Look at the guys we've had the last few years. Again, Bryce Young, that one year in feels like a disaster. Kyler Murray, uh, does he want to play football? Does he want to be a Call of Duty player? We don't even know (laughs) yet. We're still trying to figure that out. I can go back to, uh, to Sam Bradford. Andrew Luck was great, and he retired early. Like, that the number one pick quarterback, some of these guys that we looked at as can't miss, some of those guys are named. We thought those guys are gonna be stars. There's no way those guys don't come in and change life for those organizations. It didn't work out that way. Yeah. So there's an opportunity that if you're the Bears, okay, let's say you keep Justin Fields. He goes out there and maybe next year you you build out the roster, but you realize he's the guy. What we've seen in recent years is this is the best ever we have of grabbing veteran quarterbacks from other teams. If you have all that draft capital, guess what? We've seen Tom Brady move. We've seen Aaron Rodgers move. We've seen Kirk Cousins move from Washington to Minnesota. We've seen teams be able to say, okay, the guy we have doesn't work. We're not in a position in the draft to get our guy. Right. But we can get a veteran. Again, Matt Stafford being the great example. Uh, the Lions traded for a guy who was around. You know, they traded Stafford for, for golf, but a golf was a guy who had been around. They didn't sure. decide to go with the rookie route. In fact, when they were in the draft, they had the opportunity maybe to draft a quarterback early. What did they do? They went with Penn A. Sewell, and they said, hey, we're going to keep the veteran guy and see if we can build this roster around them. That's worked out well for the Lions. So, again, this silver bullet of thinking that we got to go get the young, hot guy, and that's going to be our way to get over the top. Trust me, I'm a Jeff fan. We didn't have number one pick, but we did have two, yeah. and we did have three, and I've seen how that goes and doesn't go quite well. Well, I mean— don't do that to the Bears. <laughs> I mean, the, are the Bears that much different than the Jets? You know, Think they, about it. They might not be, but— Here's the thing about that. You're right. You can you can duct tape and fishing line this thing together right. if you need to, sometimes to greater success than not, right? Sometimes, yes, it's Matthew Stafford, and that had to work out well where the organization wanted to move on. You had the perfect landing spot with the Rams. You have a good coaching staff in L.A., and Detroit has now maybe find their, found their coaching staff with Dan Campbell. It doesn't always work that way. Generally, what that does is it just puts you on the carousel of good but not great. You know, not taking Caleb Williams because you're worried about how former draft picks have worked out is fear. That's fear talking. That's not trusting your scouting. That's not trusting what you've seen with your eyes. And that's not trusting what the draft process is, which is where's a guy's projected ceiling. And that's all you can do, right? Uh-huh. I can quibble with the Bears. I should, don't think they should have kept the coaching staff. You know, there's all the things around it also have to work, but... Yes, there's a lot of ways to like skin a cat, if you will, or win. But the best and the most obvious and the most simple way is to draft your quarterback and try to win when they're young. You know, it's the it's you're looking for your Mahomes, and this is the guy who has been as closely compared to Mahomes. And here's the thing. He doesn't mind the comparison. This isn't us heaping all this expectation on him. And it's like, wow, guys, be careful. Like, you know, I don't think Bryce Young 
probably didn't serve him well to be the number one overall pick. I know he was a Heisman Trophy winner yeah. also, but there were issues about his size and slight and height and all of that. This is somebody who I don't think is dodging, ducking. He knows he's the second coming. And again, it might not work, but I'd rather take my chances with him at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. You're welcome to weigh in on this conversation. One other thing about this, right? This is where the Justin Fields compensation, if you will, is going to start to look better and better. Because you look at the quarterback landscape now, which one of these is not like the other? So I'll give you a Justin Fields, who's 24 years old, still in the rookie deal. Right. Or you could have Kirk Cousins, who's late 30s, coming off Achilles. I can give you Russell Wilson. Good luck with all that. <laughs> I can give you Baker Mayfield. These are the three guys. Am I missing something? These are the three. And Jimmy Garoppolo is now serving a two-game suspension yeah. for PDs. These are these are the guys who are like those veterans who are going to be out there. I'm not going to the second tier of like the Andy Daltons and the Jacoby Brissett. Those guys will be around. Right. But if you're talking about Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, those are going to be the three guys who are out there versus Justin Fields. A guy who's 24, again, cheap right now. You pick up the fifth-year option, it's $20 million. Kirk Cousins is getting $45 million. He's getting 40 at least. I mean, the investment for, for some of these older guys, I'd rather go and hand, hand the Bears a second-round pick, pick up the fifth-year option with Fields, and see if I can continue to develop a young player. I just think about team building. And yeah. I look at so many teams, and, and this is a copycat league. You look at what's worked in the NFL. Yeah. And I'm not going to say this example I'm bringing up is, like, the worst example in the world because they've they've gotten a little bit out of the doldrums. But who would I rather be? Would I rather be the Lions who decided, hey, our quarterback right now may not be the hottest name right now. He might not be a guy that's going to get a ton on the market. He probably would have got – they traded Jared Goff. They probably would have got similar compensation Something for like him that. Yeah. that they got for Fields. Or do I want to – and look at what the Lions did. They said, you know what, let's trade these other pieces, let's trade picks, let's move around, and let's see if we can actually build around him. And now you have a team that – was for Dan Campbell screwing up the NFC Championship game would have been in the Super Bowl. Yeah, don't get Pete started on that. <laughs> Still angry. Or do I want to be <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars? Like, look at the Jaguars. Like, they – so many things we've now seen had to go perfect for them to have one playoff appearance. Like, you had to find the perfect coach. You had to find the perfect situation around him. And they still haven't been able to put it together correctly. And we're looking at Trevor Lawrence, a guy who was supposed to be a can't miss. You put him on your roster, and all of a sudden, you're going to the moon. And we're, you know, three years in. They had two teams pass them up in the division. They got passed up by the Colts, who didn't have their quarterback. Yeah. They got passed up by Houston, who has a younger quarterback. Okay, but hold on. Water gun to the stomach. Do you want Trevor Lawrence for the next five years, or do you want Justin Fields? I want Trevor Lawrence, but not in that. But I'm I'm talking about the circumstance. Like I know right. we we're, we live in the idea of it's a quarterback driven league, and everything is about who you have under center. But if you don't have the kind of team around him, we've seen that it doesn't matter. The Buccaneers went from you know what they were last year. Yeah, yeah. Tom Brady who was trying to carry everything. This year they they go to Baker Mayfield, and we're thinking, oh man, Baker Mayfield, like this is gonna be a rough. Rough outing. They had a better year this year with Baker Mayfield in there because guess what? They had other guys more healthy. They had other guys who were able to contribute, other guys that were able to block better. Their offensive line was a mess on the Tom Brady. It didn't matter you had to go because you had all those other issues on the team. Right. Once they were able to fix that, you actually were able to put together a, a competent roster that can win a playoff game. Okay, but we're talking about win a playoff game versus when you're sitting there with the number one overall pick and you have Caleb Williams right there, and we're talking about obviously the Bears situation yeah. right now. That that's not the situation the Bucks were in. The Bucks were trying to make the best out of an all-in roster 
that had already won, but then Brady, you know, retires. And you're trying to just cobble this together, right? You don't have your your coach of the future, probably. You're trying to make lemonade out of lemons here. And they ended up doing it. And they also got helped by a Philadelphia Eagles team that came to town and rolled over. And they got to win a playoff game. I don't, I don't, I wasn't so impressed with the Bucs that I thought, wow, this was a sleeper team this whole year that was ready to go on a run. I mean, they they got lucky in a in a first round playoff game to get a home playoff game. They they win the first round game against the Eagles team that was reeling, but the team that went to the Super Bowl last year they play against the Lions team we were just mentioning, and they played them tough. They final played them tough, but and on the road. But the Eagles were not like we know now. This was just like one slow descent into like the into nothingness for <laughs> right. them. But let's bring it back to when you yeah. have the number one overall pick. And it's say you use the Lions example. You know they decided with a top pick to take Penny Sewell as opposed to taking a, a quarterback, you know, I don't think the Lions would go back and not take Matthew Stafford. Like, when they had the number one pick and a quarterback was sitting there who was a great quarterback in college and it was a no-brainer to take him, they took him. And, yeah, they didn't win, but I don't think doing it again, I don't think they would have made a different decision. See, I look at it the opposite. I think that you look at the Matt Stafford example of him being drafted number one by the Lions as the example of why – you drafting a great talent, a guy who could throw the ball into a wall, and you think, even though we have a great receiver, it didn't matter because there were so many other structural problems with the organization and they were unable to build around him and Megatron. Imagine if they did move that pick and then drafted. There were so many other quarterbacks that came after Matt Stafford that they could have taken. It didn't have to be Matt Stafford. Like He didn't have to be the guy to say, you know what, we're going to put all the weight of the world on your shoulders. It could have been... Three guys, three years from now, four years from now. Again, or maybe they make a trade for a guy with a roster that's a little more welcoming to a guy that want to go there. Like, I just, I've seen teams taking guys top of the draft and it going terribly. And I know you could say maybe it's it's all you're, you're drafting scared if you're doing that. It's not about that. It's just about team building. Again, do I want a team where I'm relying on one guy to really lift the entire team? Or do I want well, a, a team to be able to lift the guy around him or well, lift, lift the team around him. This is why I like the Bears situation. Again, I don't love the coaching situation, but I do like this team because you've got the number one pick, you've got nine, you've got $66 million in cap space. I mean, you you kind of have it all here. You don't have to choose between just mm. one guy being the rising tide. You're sort of all on the come up and putting a rookie quarterback in here doesn't disrupt the timeline to me too much. 855-212-4CBS. We're talking about the Chicago Bears. Let's go to the phones. Let's go with the phones early. Why not? Alex and Boise, he's awake. Let's go to him. Alex, what do you think about Caleb Williams to the Bears, number one overall? Make it easy, right? Alex. Alex. Hey, dude. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I don't really want to talk about the Bears, but uh, Caleb Williams is awesome, man. I just, I'm a diehard USC fan, and I've been my whole life since the Reggie Bush days and Matt Liner and Pete Carroll and all that. And honestly, he might have been the greatest uh, college football player of all time. To the Bears, I don't know. I see that uh, him and his dad have talked about not wanting to go to the Bears and, um, you know, kind of wanting to maybe return to USC if that's the case. I see he's uh, put his name in for the draft. And I see him going to the NFL this year. Um, But I don't know if the Bears is the best fit. I feel like he's an awesome quarterback, but I don't know. What do you think? Well, Alex, and appreciate that. And I get as a USC fan, 
holding out hope, but uh, but he's gone. <laughs> I think that should be Two year delay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I you got to think positively, guys. This is you gotta you gotta keep hope alive. Wait, did Degrom lead the Mets yet? I, I'm still wondering <laughs> if he'll come back. No, he's gonna be gone. Oh, but just I want to say young. I oh, okay. get it, <laughs> but the dad. Let's let's address the elephant yep. in the room. All right, Caleb Williams' dad. And the idea that he wouldn't want to go to Chicago. Listen, if that's actually happening behind right. the scenes, which, number one, I do not think it is. There's a reason we don't see this a lot. The last time we saw was Eli Manning. It, it, think about the Mannings who have their royalty in football right. and would able to withstand the sort of negative press that would come along with this. And by the way, the negative press in 2004 does not compare to what it would feel like in 2024. Right, the conversation has gotten way, way, way louder around everything. So, I don't think they are entertaining this at all. Mm-hmm. Number one, and number two, I think it's. I think the Bears would be showing you a little bit more if the parents, if right. the dad was really being a pain behind the scenes. Right. Like I think they would be talking up Justin Fields even more. I think they would, and I know the president I know, did. I heard the Kevin CEO, Wong. I mean, he talked yeah. about how much he loved him and how he wanted to see him healthy and, and see what he can do with pieces around him. Maybe that's happening. Yeah, that, that maybe is a, is a call like, hey, Kevin, not helping. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That's just the president of the team talking and maybe trying to get up the, you know, the draft, the trade value here. If Caleb Williams is really hell-bent I'm making a stink about not wanting to go to Chicago. I think you have to win this war publicly. Mm-hmm. So either the the Bears would be showing that they are, you know, reacting to that, or Caleb would just be out there being like, "Hey, I'm not surprising anybody. I'm not going there." I, I you'd you'd need a better media strategy if that makes sense. I mean, that makes sense. You but can't switcheroo same, that at the last minute. I know, but I look at this draft order. I see Caleb Williams, Gonzaga High School. Yep. DC, born and bred, number two pick. Washington Commanders, new ownership. Maddie Johnson in the fold. We'll probably talk about him a little later. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. Maddie Johnson, even the L.A. ties, he just went. He just came from USC. You don't think that Washington's going to be like, hey, you make some waves. We can get you here. Like, I don't know. I don't know if, if somebody's going to be will, so willing to go to Chicago. And it's Perloff, who's I'm sitting in his chair today. Yeah. One of the things he says the whole time is you put that C on your helmet and you're a quarterback, your career goes to die. I think it's a little harsh, but at the same time, you don't Bring think other quarterbacks <laughs> you don't think other quarterbacks look at what <laughs> has happened to other Bears quarterbacks and think, hmm, I don't know if I want to go there. Now the commanders aren't necessarily the, you know the It's been a qu- while since Joe Theismann. Yeah, they're not quarterback you of the NFL, but at the same time, if you're a Washington born and bred kid, I would be very enticed if I was him if I could get to that number two spot and the Washington can actually make a trade. So I don't know. The dad thing is going to be interesting. That's another thing about Caleb Williams that we have not discussed when we talk about his valuation. Yeah. I agree with what Alex said. I mean, the kid is special when it comes to his physical tools, his talent. He's spectacular. There's something with his character. And I don't want to say character. He's a bad guy or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But we see the histrionics on the sideline. We see some of the extra stuff. He, he sometimes, he, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of that contestant on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette that's just doing a little too much. You know, it's like it's like it's Wait, like yo. We know you're great. Hold on, we, are we you know, alleging fake tears? How uh, dare you? I'm not even saying fake tears, but it's like that show is real. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant from Caleb. Yeah, it's real, it's real love that happens on the Bachelor and Bachelorette. Yeah, but please. like, I feel like when I sometimes I see some of the stuff, it's like, hey, can we tone it down just a little bit? Like, can we just chill just a little bit? We know you're a star. We know all the eyes are on you. And sometimes it seems like he almost wants to bring more attention to him, mm. more unwanted attention. And, again, if we're talking about a guy who's supposed to be – when you're drafting a quarterback, I know we talked about the Bears CEO, but 
really the quarterback becomes the CEO of your organization. Have we seen Caleb Williams show CEO-like behavior or CEO-like disposition as the head of a program? Okay. I don't think we've seen that well, in the last two years, okay. even though he's been awesome on the field. Can we give him a minute? I mean, I, there, here's the thing. I'd rather have a guy who I think the tears are real. I'd rather have a guy who's super passionate and I've got to rein it in a little bit or I've got to teach him, hey, this is how it is on this level, as opposed to somebody who comes in and it's like, world's at my fingertips, silver spoon, I could give a crap, every, you know, and I and you're gonna have to make me care. I'd rather have the guy who actually really freaking cares, and then I can mold that if I've got the right people around him, as opposed to like an apathetic type of thing. But do you think you could really get to a guy who's saying I'm Patrick Mahomes already? Do you really think you can get to a guy that's saying allegedly, hey, I made one ownership stake in the team that I have? Like yeah. that's the, some of those things would concern me a little bit because you are talking about trying to reach a young man and be able to say, hey, this is how it works. If he already thinks he's Patrick Mahomes, what can I really tell him? That's where you got to have some other guys on the team who can show him the way. And they look at that Bears roster. Who, and they're who young. On that, who on that roster are you looking at and saying, oh, this is the kind of guy that can rein him in and be our locker room leader? Like, that's the one thing they're missing. And for whatever reason, it seems like these guys respond to Justin Fields. I mean, DJ Moore says Justin Fields is better than any quarterback that's in the draft. We've seen plenty of other players say they hope Justin Fields is back. Like, if Caleb Williams was this can't-miss guy— why isn't everybody in the Bears being, we can't wait to bring him in? They seem to love the guy they already have, and okay. the guy that they have hasn't won anything yet. Well, first of all, you got to say that. You can't just, I mean, you can't say do you? it. Well, Garrett Wilson I'm, didn't say it. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, we've seen quarterback, but, young quarterbacks get buried all the time. Okay, but no, you, you got to be diplomatic here. That's really smart of DJ Moore. You got to be diplomatic because you're not 100, at that point, he's not 100% sure who's going to be the locker room. And, you know, actually, I think that Caleb is going to be able to figure it out. It's not like he's coming from some small program. It's not like he doesn't know what it's like to get criticized publicly. He understands what he puts out there. He's going to get back. And I can't not draft him off vibes. You know, I I know vibes are big, (laughs) but I can't make a decision for the future of the franchise off of vibes. All right, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Fields, Caleb Williams, we're going to know here soon because – you're going to have to start setting some intentions, if you will. You're going to start meeting with teams. The offers are going to start to leak out. We know how this goes. This is going to happen here in the next couple weeks. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What should the Bears do? 855-212-4CBS. Give us a call. EJ Stewart in for Perloff today. It is Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. All right, not surprisingly, conversation turns to food in the break. 
It's a little early to be thinking about pizza. But as far as like national brands, chains of pizza, Mm -hmm. I will stand on the table. I will pound my fist on the desk. They are not a sponsor of this show. I wish they would be. Sbarro Pizza is a top five slice. Really? Yes. What, in the Michael Scott? (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) From the office, greatest slice in New York City. Listen, I can't say for New York or wherever you live, your local spot's probably going to be better. But if you want to put it up against like a Pizza Hut, a Domino's, you said Chuck E. Cheese apparently has some good pizza these days. Apparently Chuck E. Cheese has leveled up. I was stunned when I heard this, but this is (laughs) is what the streets are telling me. I can confirm it. Wow, we got second confirmation. I have my my goddaughter's birthday was uh, recently. We went to Chuck E. Cheese and... Thankfully, a fight did not break out because <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese is known for its pizza slices and its fights. Yep. Uh, but pizza's very good. Wait, why are people fighting inside of Chuck E. Cheese? People are always fighting in Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. I have no really? idea. Chuck E. Cheese, you're going to. What the, what the yeah, hell is going no, on you, Chuck E. Cheese? Yo, yo, you got to go to the hood. You go to the hood, Chuck E. Cheese. Something's, something's popping off. I'm over what? You right like ski ball? What, what, what is there possibly to fight over? I don't know. 50 tickets, not 100. It's where the kids go on the best behavior and the parents don't. It's crazy. It's very weird. Man. I've seen this as well firsthand. I've got a four and a half year old. Been, I go to these types of places all the time. The play places, all that. I never see a fight break out. Um, just if you're going to go to Chuck E. Cheese, make sure I, you, you're strapped up. You know, you got a little, <laughs> no, got the pads no, on, Maggie. Carla. I, I really think that it's the stress. I think that's mm-hmm. what happens. I think, you know, you know yes. your kid is going to be in an environment. You know there are 100 million germs. So, you know, you're coming back with a stomach virus. Somebody's going to get sick yeah. over the next two or three days because of just the two hours you spent in this place. I yeah. think the parents- They say COVID started in the, somewhere in oh, China. Yeah, was- it was actually a Chuck E. Cheese in Bridgewater, New Jersey. Yeah, that was, that was, <laughs> Sorry, ground, that was ground zero. Jackson that was ground zero for uh, <laughs> COVID. Yeah, so you, so it's just the anxiety I think that gets to the parents. But so, so borrow, really. Yeah. I, it's a top five slice. It's really good. It's crunchy on the bottom. The ingredients are not bad. I'm telling you, it's a, it's not just a, a port in a storm. It's a, it's a life-changing slice. I mean, again, I got a four-and-a-half-year-old. You find yourself in, like, a, a mall fast food court. It's not yeah. awesome. Sabaro <laughs> will save it. Now, my question, though, is, like, I don't have young children. Yeah. So, like, does your palate, though, kind of get, like, for lack of a better term, dumbed down because you have a young child? Because, yes. like, to me, like— I got to a certain age and I just felt like there were certain things I just would never eat anymore. And now when I try, it doesn't work out. Like if I try to have McDonald's today and I don't mean to be snobbish or anything, but like, I'm like, this just doesn't do it for me. Like right. this just doesn't have right seasoning. It's super salty. Like I, I can't do that. Changed. Now, yes. when I was in middle school, <laughs> I was basically living off of McChicken sandwiches on the dollar menu for yeah. every day that <laughs> was there. All? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Taco Bell, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does your palate go back? Right. Well, because they're talking about the bar I'm hearing about Chuck E. Cheese. I'm like, I mean, maybe it's just maybe I haven't had I don't have young children, young nephews or anything. So maybe I'm going to go backwards in a couple of years when that happens. Well, I'll just tell you, 60 percent of my body right now. Is peanut butter and jelly. So, yes, <laughs> maybe it is. Uh, Peter Schwartz is here. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys, guys doing? What's yeah. up? We are sponsored by Progressive. Yeah, you're talking about pizza. My tongue got tied there. You know. That's all right. I'm telling you, Sabaro's. You, listen, you, you find yourself in a strip mall every now and then. Sabaro's not oh, yeah. a bad slice. It's not bad. I actually would prefer Chuck E. Cheese. I love the Chuck E. Cheese pizza. Wow. We had three. One of, one, of, one of Bradley's birthday parties was at Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, but he's. One. Well, well he, he was to go four to at the time, <laughs> okay. but um, well, Sunday. That's twenty years ago. But, we, but we've gone back. But yeah, but we went back a number of times. I'm yeah. saying, oh, just okay. like, oh, you know, let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, we'll get pizza for lunch. 
you know. Wow. wow. So that's like a that's like a destination spot, like for a lunch spot potentially. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, your kids play some games. They take a break. You sit down, have some pizza. Wait, but not I now. Was, Your kids are too old. No, no, for no, now. not now. I'm right, just like right. I was laughing because I remember the days of going there all the time. Okay, I was that gonna say you really, realize the, the cops are gonna be called no, if you show up there right we're, now. We're, <laughs> no, we're Dave and Buster's now. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say like I wish I guess Peter Schwartz was my dad because I, I mean we had to basically <laughs> bribe my dad to take us to Chuck E. Cheese. I mean we, we used to every year we used to do a tournament challenge and whoever won the tournament bracket challenge got to pick whatever like the restaurant. NCAA. Yes, yeah. whatever yeah. restaurant we go to. There's six of us. The best part though was when. Both Bradley and Jared were old enough to kind of just make their way around Chuck E. Cheese on their own. And my wife and I would actually have a chance, even in all the bedlam that is Chuck E. Cheese, to actually sit down and have a conversation while the kids were off playing games. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was a great place. Well, when we, we, one year my youngest brother, Henry Jr., won the challenge, he got to choose, and he chose Chuck E. Cheese. And the amount of groaning and moaning from our family to be like, bro, can you please pick something else? And he stood firm. My dad was like, look, I will buy you video games. I'll do whatever. Can we please That's great. Can we upgrade a little bit to like a Red Lobster or something or a CC's Pizza even? And yeah. my, he stood Who's firm. And, and, he, and he went. And we, we had to celebrate at Chuck E. Cheese. Well, well we, like we've a- upgraded to Dave & Buster's. And we were actually going. We, had, we started a tradition about five years ago, interrupted by the pandemic a little bit, uh, of going to Dave & Buster's on New Year's Eve. Oh, that's a good spot. So we'd go there, have dinner. Yeah. Kids would play some games. Wait, not the Times Square one. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. On Long Island. <laughs> but we would go have dinner. Kids would play some games, and then we watch the ball drop, and we go home. You watch the ball drop at Dave & Buster's? At Dave & Buster's, yeah. I Do a lot of like people it. go there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. But not, like, overly crowded where you can't. You have no room to walk. Like a good amount of people that it's festive when the ball drops. The only reason we didn't go this year was we went to see Billy Joel. So that was a big upgrade. Yeah. Kind of surprised that David Busters is open that late. Uh, Okay. We've got headlines. Yes. Let's do that. Uh, We're sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we can save you hundreds on your car insurance. Speaking. Of drivers, let's begin with the Great American Race. And the Daytona 500 goes to victory lane, William Byron. From Charlotte, North Carolina, Rudy Fugel, his crew chief. Mike Joy had the call on Fox Sports. William Byron wins his first career Daytona 500 on the day that launches the 40th anniversary of Hendrick Motorsports. Alex Bowman finished second, Christopher Bell third. Byron's victory giving Hendrick Motorsports their ninth Daytona 500 win and first since 2014. The NBA gets back into action Thursday following the All-Star break. Saturday night's three-point challenge between Steph Curry and Sabrina Ionescu continues to be a story. TNT analyst Kenny Smith made a controversial comment during the telecast on Saturday suggesting that Ionescu should have shot from the shorter WNBA three-point distance. Reggie Miller followed by saying, according to Smith, Ionescu should be playing with dolls. And Smith said playing with dolls is good, too. So Smith then took to the Stephen A. Smith show yesterday to clarify his comments. Yeah, I think it's much ado about nothing, Stephen, uh, honestly. Um, most people who know basketball understood what I was talking about. Actually, I was advocating for her more than anything else because basketball is all is muscle memory. Right. So he practices from one range. She practiced from the other. There's even a study, I think, with somebody throwing darts, the guy with those darts. Okay. And if you move him out one step, 
his accuracy changes dramatically. Mm. But the funny thing about it, if you move him in one step, his accuracy changes because you take so many shots from the exact same thing. So I'm like, why is he getting the, the advantage mm. to shoot at his line? That's mm. an advantage. It does, it's not gender. It's not genetic. It's an advantage. It's a muscle. Shooting is only muscle memory. And so that's what kind of, I don't know, people who don't, you know, actually play the sport mm. don't understand. It's all muscle memory. Uh... <laughs> Maggie, a word. Yeah, um, so here's the thing. She got she, a 26. Yeah. Right. So I, she was she was like deadly from the from the shooting from the the NBA level three as opposed to the WNBA level three. So I don't think that she was at a disadvantage here. I get what he's talking about the muscle mm-hmm. memory, but also don't shooters shoot from a variety of different ranges. Isn't right. that how we got Steph from the logo and Dave yeah. from the logos? Because guys keep moving back and moving back. I, I Listen, he played, I didn't. I, I just think she was doing great. So I don't know if that theory holds up. My <laughs> biggest my biggest issue was basically him jumping on that this was the reason why she lost right after it happened. Right. Because I'll be, I'll full disclosure, when the contest was beginning and they saw the rules, I kind of said, oh, man, I think maybe she should shoot from the WNBA line just – because my thing was, again, like, this is where she normally shoots from. So maybe I don't want there to be a disadvantage. Now, right. I didn't think for him it would be a disadvantage for Steph Curry. I'm just thinking fairness. And then she made 26. And I was like, you know what? Like, screw that. <laughs> like, she clearly, it don't matter. How you go to that after Steph Curry puts on, like, a shooting exhibition. And that's the only reason he won. Like, he won by three points. And it was because he basically didn't miss on the second half of the competition. It's like, and then runs well. It's because she didn't shoot from her line. That was the problem. Like, if you had a problem with it. He should have jumped with that before it even started and say, hey, I think that maybe she should start at her line. The fact that he went to that being the reason why she lost well, afterwards, I think, made it 10 times worse. Well, the other part, too, is he brought up the ball. So he's like, well, right, the ball too. is smaller, so why wouldn't she? And he brought up the ladies' tees and all yep. of that. And it's like, if you just wanted to say, hey, I think Steph Curry had a major advantage here because he got to shoot from the NBA line and her rhythm could have been off because she wasn't shooting from the WNBA line, just say that. And the fact that Kenny Smith's been a broadcaster for yeah. 25 years you know, we kind of expect that he's going to say what he means. And honestly, like, they got players, former players and players who currently do commentary. Stop with the, if you play basketball or you know basketball. That is the corniest, like, yeah. cop-out answer for any kind of criticism. Guess what? There were a lot of former players, Kenny Smith, that were very upset with what you were saying. You were sitting next to Reggie, Reggie. Miller, and <laughs> he was giving you crap ever. for it. <laughs> <laughs> he never played. He's a better shooter than you. But she wanted to shoot from there. Like, that's the, that's right. a, should, that right. should be the end of, of, of the story. She went to the NBA and said, I want to shoot from the NBA line. And, right. and anything beyond that so, should be on her, but she wanted to do it. The, the, this is what I said on Friday. I was like, oh, everyone, like, this is going to be great. It's like, yeah, it is, but something's going to happen <laughs> because I didn't know it. what. I'm like, something's going to happen. I thought maybe it'd be more about Twitter trolls mm-hmm. or something because we all know that it'd be a great story if she beats him. Then it's, okay, the woman, you know, Goes, you know, beats the best shooter of all time, maybe, and wow, what a moment and girl power and all that. I don't think anyone really thought, okay, what's it going to be like if she loses to Steph Curry? Like, what's the message there? And I think the message still is live your dream, shoot for the stars, do all that. It just, I don't think anyone, you're everyone's so in a rush, I think, to say, wow, look what happened if she's going to win. You didn't think of what the result's going to be with Steph Curry wins. And then it's like, all right, well, Goliath won, everyone. All right, let's go home. But, and, to mm-hmm. Steph's, and to Steph's fairness, he wasn't acting like Goliath, right? He was 
gracious, very gracious cheering yeah. for her and she's cheering for him. And it was a very positive thing. But to think that there wasn't going to be any slip ups and and Kenny doesn't even think he slipped up. But to be sitting there to be no controversy, rather, it would be crazy. And, and I think at the end of the day, as I said on Twitter, and I'll say it here, like the NBA, I think they really have to have a real conversation with their broadcast partners about how they cover actual events, especially events that would be fun and cover the league. Because I think what we saw All-Star Saturday night and All-Star weekend was just generational hating. <laughs> like It was just like, I was like, is this the hating Olympics or is this the NBA skills yeah. competition? I mean, if, if you got guys who don't want to advocate for the, the athletes that are performing, then get other people. Like right. We all know NBA All-Star Weekend has fallen off. We all know that it's not what it used to be. But you shouldn't have your commentators leading that commentary for what's supposed to be a broadcast that's being presented by the NBA. Like well, That, well, that was a problem on. the whole night. So Kenny Smith dunking on Sabrina Ionescu just because she's shooting from a line, he thinks she'd be shooting much closer. That was just the tip of the iceberg of what we heard the entire evening. So here's the thing, though. I, I don't want broadcasters to blindly cape for the league. Of course. Right? That's not what you want. You want them to be honest and be able to, you know, they know the league better, just as good. They know all the players, the inside and out. I mean, like the executives to the players, everything. So you want them to be able to tell the truth. But the Curry and Escu thing was cool. Right. Like it was a it was it was a great thing that happened. It was fun. It was exciting. It came down to like the final ball really for Curry. And then it got marred only by the commentary. Yeah. Like, if you want to call it the skills competition, call it out. You know, maybe it will change. You're right. There is, like, a negative tinge. And for the Steph Curry and Escu, it's like you went out of your way to find a negative. Right. Again, I and knew was something was going to happen. And it was the best part of the night. Definitely. So, like, why go out of your way to ruin what a lot of people enjoyed watching? Because exactly. it was good for basketball. Again, just, like, don't get in the way. Right. Right. Uh, so the Brooklyn Nets fired head coach Jacques Vaughn yesterday. Nets with a record of 21 and 33. We're Kevin Brooklyn Nets. Huh? We're, we're Brooklyn Nets. Just asking. <laughs> the folks that said they were going to take over the city. Yeah. How's that going for them? Not so well. And it's all Jacques Vaughn's fault. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 True. They, didn't, they didn't trade for anybody. Get Jacques Vaughn out of here. They just gave him a multi-year extension last year. That's right. Uh, assistant Kevin Alley will be the interim head coach. Makes his debut Thursday against the Raptors. College basketball, Houston. Over Iowa State last night, 73-65. In women's action, UConn beat Creighton 73-53. UConn head coach Gino Auriemma with his 1,203rd career win, passing Duke's Mike Krzyzewski for second most wins by a head coach in Division I men's or women's college basketball. I think, you know, you're so fixated on on, on winning games, winning the next game. Um, and... I think earlier in my career, to be honest with you, earlier in my career, as things were happening that um, were very significant, um, they um, they impacted me a lot more. So Gino Oriama took 23 seconds to say this is not really that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of lost him in the middle. I'm like, yeah. Coach, hey, you're in a press conference. Yeah, wait, wait, go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, oh, there's more talk coming about, from that. How about Joyless? Oh, <laughs> Listen. Stanford coach Tara Vandermeer, number one with 1,209 wins. Uh, here's something a little more uplifting. Uh, baseball, Juan Soto. Met with the media at Yankee Spring Training in Tampa yesterday. He is pumped up to be in pinstripe. It's really exciting. Uh, it's really nice to be here and uh, share locker rooms with those guys. It's just incredible. Uh, amazing organization. Um, how far it's going has just been great. It's been a great feeling. Uh, great start for me. I think we're in a good spot right now. And Soto will be playing for a big money contract. Who, as who he's is that a- uplifting for? Right. 
Well, for me. With non-Yankee for me. fans. Or for me. For me. I'm being very, very selfish with that. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have self-awareness, though. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that at least. Yeah. I was like uplifting. I'm going to enjoy Soto for the one year that the Yankees have him because he'll be a free agent after the 2024 season. They know season. that. They still yeah. trade for him. All in this year. Now to a <laughs> wild NHL matinee. The call on Wild Radio, Wild over the Canucks 10-7, to so they kicked the field goal to win it. Joel Erickson-Eck and Kirill Kaprizov also uh, both with hat-tricks in the game. Peter, you thank you so much. Uh, coming up, a new philosophy on how to beat Patrick Mahomes. Will it work? We'll get to that. See you guys on the phones as well, 855-212-4CBS. It's Maggie and Perloff. EJ Stewart in for Perloff today, CBS Sports Radio. It is Maggie and Perloff. EJ Stewart's in for Perloff today. We kicked off the show talking about the Bears. I don't even think it's a question. I don't think it's a conundrum. It's the easy path. You draft Caleb Williams. You trade Justin Fields. Dean's in Erie, Pennsylvania. Sees it a little more complexly. What's up, Dean? Hey, good morning. I've been listening to your commentary on on keeping Justin Fields and your no-brainer to take Caleb Williams. Yeah, trade Justin Fields, uh, draft Caleb Williams. What do you think? I think that you keep Justin Fields, you draft Marvin Harrison Jr., Mm -hmm. and whoever else they got it, I think they have another high draft choice at seven. Nine, yep. And you go with that that team. I think that's a no-brainer. How far does that team get? Uh... How far does Caleb Williams get the team that they are now without Marvin Harrison? Well, here's the thing, though. Marvin in Harrison. His rookie, in his rookie year. No, no, I get it. But his rookie year, this if, when you draft him, you've got to be okay with having him take some lumps the rookie year. But I just saw C.J. Stroud have a great rookie year, and they won a playoff game, and he was the rising tide who lifted a lot of these receivers that you know were not on everybody's radar, Dean. You know, I, I even the most staunch Michigan fan, I don't know what you're expecting that from Nico Collins. So I think the quarterback still is the most important piece, EJ. And Dean, right. thank you for the phone call. And that's why you give me Caleb Williams, your ceiling, you can only just start to dream. Justin Fields, I think there's going to be a cap on what he can be. Very good quarterback in this league. Is he winning a Super Bowl? I don't know. But I understand what Dean's saying from the standpoint of you start to daydream. Yep. You get two guys on the outside. Again, DJ Moore, who was just he was I thought he was awesome this year when he played. He had a couple of injuries, but when he was healthy, he was not again playing with a Patrick Mahomes type quarterback. And he clearly showed he's a number one. Yeah. You add Marvin Harrison, who I think he steps in day one. He's a top ten receiver probably. Like at least top fifteen. Dare I say top five? Like that's how highly I think of Marvin Harrison. You had those two guys on the outside. That's an opportunity to where, like I said earlier in the show, you give Justin Fields an opportunity, you see if he can work with those guys. If it doesn't, you know what I mean? Quarterbacks that will be knocking on the door next year to be like, hey, get me to Chicago if I can figure this out. There are going to be players that we've seen in recent years that they're veteran guys who are you know, disillusioned with where they are, and they say, hey, I can maybe win a championship if I go to another place. You don't think people are going to be knocking down the door to play with DJ Moore and, and, and Har- Marvin Harrison in the prime of their careers? Marvin Harrison just a pup? I think they would. So I think that opportunity to build a team 
around Justin Fields and have that contingency plan where if it doesn't work, you can always get your veteran quarterback out there on the trademark. Okay, I don't know if Justin Fields is going to consistently be able to deliver the ball to all of these incredible weapons. Now, I like the fact that he can run. Mm -hmm. I think that's good. But again, uh, you know, this is a point that Perloff makes a lot, holding on to the ball. Like, we act like Marvin Harrison, who is awesome. And we all know, we watched him play in these massive games at Ohio State. He's not the only wide receiver who's available in this draft. Did we not watch Roma Dunze? Did we not watch Malik Neighbors? I mean, it's not like he's the only pass catcher. I know that he's great. He's different, Maggie. Okay, but <laughs> some of our best wide receivers, DJ, in the league are guys who were taken in the second round. Okay. You know, there there's a hundred different ways, I think. To, there's there's more ways to find pass catchers in this league and have an effective offense than there are to get all-time quarterbacks. And this is where I want to have my cake and eat right. it too, where I can have Caleb Williams at one, and I'm picking here at nine, and I'm going to get something for Justin Fields. And why can't I, you know, why can't I find a great wide receiver, even if it's not Marvin Harrison? There's there's more than just Harrison in this draft. I mean, I know it's college, but I do want to go back to Justin Fields' his college, his college experience. But sure. when we talk about whether or not he could deliver the ball, look, his last year in college, who do you have as receivers? He had Chris Olave, yep. he had Garrett Wilson, two guys that are awesome. were awesome. And he delivered the ball to those guys fine. In eight games, they both had over 700 yards. It was a shortened season because of COVID. Right. But he found a way to spread the sugar. Now, he didn't get the ball to Jameson Williams much, which is why he ended up leaving town. And maybe you say maybe he should have got to him. But, hey, two out of three ain't bad. You know, so we've seen Justin Fields, when he has a plethora of real talent, be able to get them the ball. The problem is he just hasn't had that in Chicago. Now there's an opportunity, maybe – dare I say, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do this when it comes to building a wide receiving core, maybe Justin Fields can get it done. And again, it's not even just about the receiving core. It's other things you can do with your roster. You can improve your offensive line. You can improve your defense. You can improve your running game, which I think can use an upgrade. There's so many things you can get with what I think will be a treasure trove of picks. Because think of your Chicago Bears. You go into this trade negotiation with Caleb Williams. They got an absolute haul for Bryce Young, a guy who's five foot nine, who was short, who had a lot of limitations. And they got a haul for him. If I'm the Bears, I'm saying, look, the price begins with what we got last year, plus, 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 in order to get this trade. So you know how much assets they can really get for that move? They're going to get way more than they got for Bryce Young. And if Caleb Williams becomes the next generational superstar, it doesn't matter. You'll still never live it down. 855-212-4CBS. Coming up, the big quarterback conundrum outside of Chicago in the NFL. We'll get to that next. Maggie and Perloff, EJ's in for Perloff today. CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.